When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Well, listen, professional sports teams named the Cardinals went 0-3 this weekend. <laughs> it's not a real bird. It's not a real bird. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. What is up, friends? Welcome to Monday. Welcome to so much NFL to get to. Welcome to our next primetime parlay later in the show to make you money. Christopher Arthur Canty, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Carlin. My football fandom had a great weekend. All of my teams won. The Giants won across the pond on a proper pitch. The Baltimore Ravens won last night in primetime. And my Dallas Cowboys went on the road, although it didn't feel like a road game when you looked at that stadium in Inglewood. It felt like a home game. Yeah. And they were able to beat the L.A. Rams, the reigning defending champions, with a quarterback that threw for 102 yards. Well, go figure. Go figure. Because somebody (laughs) was saying for several weeks, the backbone of the Dallas Cowboys and any chance that they had to win this year was going to be their defense. I wonder who that was. That would be you. Okay. And having said that, it's so clear moment by moment that the way they play right now is a winning formula. It doesn't mean, and we'll get to the whole quarterback thing in a bit, it doesn't mean for a minute that Dak Prescott doesn't take back over when that opportunity comes and he is healthy enough. But, Chris, look, they are 4-0 and with Cooper Rush. He has done exactly what he needed to do. And really, that's one thing. He hasn't turned the football over. And the Cowboys, as a result, have been able to get to this spot, challenging in the NFC East, beating a team that was, frankly, reeling yesterday, and really just taking advantage of a situation that they needed to, and and that's what good football teams do. I have to step up and give the Cowboys uh, a ton of credit for what they have been able to do through the first few weeks. Yeah, and here's the thing. We know they're being led by their defense, but their debate around the quarterback situation between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott, it isn't a debate. No. When Dak Prescott is healthy, he's going to be the starting quarterback because he's more talented than Cooper Rush, but... Sometimes it ain't about the plays that you make, Carlin. It's about the mistakes that you don't. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think that's the best way to describe Cooper Rush's performance, which has opened the door for this team to be 4-0. I mean, yesterday, Cooper Rush got knocked around a little bit, and that was the first time we had seen the Cowboys' offensive line let him get hit. He got sacked three times yesterday. There was one fumble, which Tyler Smith had the decency to recover because he let his guy Aaron Donald beat him one-on-one. For, for whatever reason, I don't know why Kellen Moore didn't give Tyler Smith, the rookie, a little more help against the best defensive player in all of football, not named Micah Parsons, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, you saw that they were able to protect the football and Cooper Rush in particular. Like the second sack that Aaron Donald had on him, that should have been a forced fumble. Cooper Rush was able to hang on to the football. The sack at the beginning of the third quarter where Tony Pollard blows the blitz pickup from the nickel Jalen Ramsey, that should have been a forced fumble. Cooper Rush found a way to take care of the football, to hang on to it. And sometimes, Carlin, being able to punt the football away is just as good as being able to put together a drive to get your team in plus territory. So that, to me, is the difference 
in the Dallas Cowboys being in the position that they're in. And sometimes Cooper Rush is able to dial up some throws. The throw he made to Michael Gallup was a spectacular throw, slightly underthrown where it had to be. Michael Gallup made a play on it, was able to have some toe drag swag. But ultimately, that's what it is. The quarterback knows who he is. He knows who he's not. And the offense is conservative, which complements what they do on the defensive end. And, Carlin, I keep watching this defensive front get after quarterbacks. It's just I have a hard time saying that they're not the best pass rush in the National Football League. Because I don't think you need to anymore. It's what we keep seeing. Now, granted, it's a bad offensive line they were facing yesterday, but what are you supposed to do? They got five sacks. They took advantage of it. They started the game with a touchdown. Micah Par- they started the game with a touchdown. They, score on they started the game with a touchdown. Yep. I mean, you're talking about Dorrance Armstrong and they, Chris, beating David Edwards, the left guard, like a drum. And they really ended the game with a strip sack, too. That's Well, how you start is how you finish. Isn't yep. that what they say? Yep. I mean, that's, that's true in all things, but especially in football. But, I mean, that's the difference. That defense, and I'm going to go ahead and say the special teams, because most of the special teams guys are defensive guys, that makes the difference in how this team plays. Think about it, Carlin. Not only did you have the touchdown that you were able to score from the strip sack, but Dorrance Armstrong came up the middle and had a block punt, which set the Cowboys up for their second scoring opportunity. Now they couldn't cash in. They had to settle for a field goal. But still, it's another opportunity for points. So when you look at how this Cowboys team is winning – they're using the run game on offense because that O-line is better going forward than they are going backwards. And then they're playing really good defense and they're generating turnovers. Carlin, three takeaways yesterday, the two strip sacks, then you're talking about the pick on Matt Stafford, and if you want to throw that in there for good measure, the block punt. Anytime you have that kind of production on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to have a really good chance at winning games. And that travels, and that's what we saw yesterday. Well, America thought, that the season was over week one when Dak got hurt. Here's Micah Parsons to, well, America. Hey, man, I, I have none for the doubters. We just got to keep putting in the work, man. Hey, you know, you just got to work. Work overcomes all. Work beats adversity. When you're down, people want to keep you down. But if you fight, you can always get through anything. And this team's fighting right now. So just keep believing in the fight. I, I don't know how they can't. I mean, it's it's amazing what he does. Did I have this right? Parsons by himself had nine hurries yesterday? Yes, yes. Nine, nine, nine quarterback pressures, nine pressures yesterday. Nine pressures. And, and he was hurt in the game. He had a groin injury, yep. Are you kidding me with that performance? It's not just like yesterday, Chris. We've talked about this before. We saw the impact that Parsons not only has in getting to the quarterback, but the impact that he has in other teams worried about him and opening up opportunities for other guys. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence, they get a lot of production because people are paying attention to Michael Parsons. Osa Adigizua, who had another sack yesterday, he gets a lot of attention. Why? Because he's lined up opposite of Michael Parsons. And that that means that you're going to be in one-on-ones. And I'm I'm telling you, Carlin, as a defensive lineman, if you know that it's going to be a pass and you know you've got a one-on-one, you got a damn good shot at being able to win that. I'm telling you. And so that's what the Dallas Cowboys pass rush is is benefiting from. Everybody giving Michael Parsons the attention. Everybody sliding the protection number 11's way. Now Dan Quinn and the rest of those defenders can scheme for that and take advantage of some of the holes in protection schemes. And so this, this is a group that's aware. They, they're talented, Carlin. And you're starting to see that they are relentless. The confidence that this group builds from week to week, it's really impressive. And if they continue to trend in this direction and they get Dak Prescott back, who can take a little bit of pressure off of that unit, 
then all of a sudden you're talking about a team that can dictate the complexion of the game. I mean, yesterday, time of possession was about 50-50. Yeah. If you can get that in your favor plus two or three minutes if you're the Cowboys, that's only going to make your pass rush that much better. Now, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Dak. He's scheduled to meet with the doctors tomorrow. So we'll have some kind of update on his availability for the upcoming Week 6 matchup, which is going to be a huge matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. But, I mean, this, this Cowboys team can start to dream about being not only a playoff contender, but competing for a division title. And I didn't think we would be able to say that after week one. Chris, I feel so much better about them than I did at the beginning of the season because this defense has played the level that it has Mm -hmm. and because they haven't blinked. They didn't blink at all when Prescott went down. And there is something to be said for teams that could do that because you can't tell me that that doesn't have a major mental effect on players when they lose their starting quarterback in week one. And it would be easy. I'm not saying to go into the tank, mm-hmm. but it would be easy to kind of change your outlook on things. Yeah, When something goes wrong, it becomes, oh, God, everything's against us. Nothing can go right. Can I, I kind of buy into question? what Parson said. No, I'm with you. And the kid has poise and wisdom behind his years because they tried. the reporter tried to bait him into a question and say, what do you have to say to all the doubters? And he says, I, I got no energy for the doubters. We're just going to work through whatever adversity we have. That's all we do is work. I appreciate that mentality, and you can see that in the way that that defense plays. That's the unit that Michael Parsons leads. They play with that dogged mentality, and you love to see it. And the offense, for for all of the warts that they have on that side of the ball, they can run the hell out of the football, Carlin. Mm. 34 rushes for 163 yards. I mean, Tony Pollard hit his head on the goalpost on one of them for 57 yards. They can run the football. So if you can run the football, you don't turn it over, and you play good defense, that's going to keep you in a lot of games in the National Football League. I don't know if it's going to win your championships in this day and age, but that'll keep you in a lot of games. And right now the Cowboys are riding that formula with their backup quarterback. Now you said something when you said there's something to be said for this team continuing to believe in themselves. How much credit do you give the head coach for this team being able to stay the course? I have to be able to give them some, right? I mean, if I'm going to knock them at every other turn – I think he's got to get some belief, uh, some uh, credit for it. It's hard to say, but he because he's not a guy that outwardly is inspiring, and what we've seen through the first couple of years, you really haven't seen an incredibly positive impact that he has made. And he doesn't call the plays on either side of the ball, right? Yeah. So, but he's the guy in charge. If I'm going to blame the guy every time something goes wrong. You have to be fair and give him some credit. I mean, listen, I know people are talking about uh, Brian Dable today as the coach of the year. Let's not forget about McCarthy at the moment. He, deser- it, he deserves consideration. It, it, you have to. Yeah. You have to. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. That's where you can watch us now. Just open up the app, click watch, bang, there we are, and be a part of the Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Carlin line and do it right now. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season with without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Which- the only unbeaten team left in the NFL. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I'm t- I-, I did not see it, Mel. I did not see it. I did not see him being this quality of a quarterback at the NFL that could carry an offense. He's an MVP candidate. Yes, record-wise, they are the best team in the league.
Eagles are gutty. <laughs> Eagles are gutty, and I know. I know it's Arizona. I know you don't look at it and take it all that seriously. No, 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 no. They that's were a, in a dogfight yesterday. That, that, that's a hard place to play. Yes, it is. That's a hard place it's to loud. play. It's yeah. loud. It's very loud. Chris, they were in a dogfight yesterday, and the Eagles showed so much. They showed a lot. To, listen, Kyler Murray did his part. We'll get to that in a bit. But the Eagles showed so much defensively, and the drive they put together uh, at the end was uh, you put it brilliantly this morning on our pre-show call. That was a big boy drive. That was a championship-level drive, Carly. You're yeah. talking about 17 plays for 70 yards, 8 minutes a clock. I mean, I mean, they, they, they made it as tough as they possibly could on Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense to have an opportunity to score and tie it up at the end of that game. So good on them. But the thing that they showed me on that drive, Carlin, was the physicality at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage. Like, that offensive line took over. They were mashing people. I'm talking about just blowing guys off of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals and Miles Sanders and Gainwell. They were just taking turns in terms of being able to get chunk yardage. You're talking about four or five yards a clip. And then Jalen Hurts, when called upon, had to make some big boy throws. And the one that sticks out to me was the third and 12 that he made where he's on Arizona's 36-yard line and he hits Dallas Goddard for a 16-yard completion. Now, Arizona, in all of the long yardage situations, that defense was lighting Jalen Hurts up with the blitz all game long. But when it came down to it, when he had to make a throw, he was able to do it. He stood in the pocket, stared down the gun barrel, and hit Dallas Goddard in stride. Those are the types of throws your quarterback is going to have to make in order to compete for championships. Carlin, we always say it. The difference in winning a title versus being bounced early on in the playoff is your quarterback making a handful of throws. And in that game against the Cards, Jalen Hurts made those throws, especially when he needed to. So that's why I give the kid all the credit in the world and that team all the credit in the world, man. This is going to be a tough out for a lot of people. I know we're talking about this this big matchup that they have in the division with the Dallas Cowboys in week six, but I'm telling you, man, this Eagles team, what they showed me yesterday and what they've shown me all season, they are going to be tough for anybody to deal with just because of how physical they play the game of football on both sides of the ball. Yeah, look, I, I, you can't help but admire what their offensive line is. Yep. And then on the same, at the same token, you talked about it a lot during the preseason, the depth of their defensive line and what they have to work with. And it is paying off in a huge way right now. And look, with Jalen Hurts, the numbers in terms of throwing the football are never going to be eye popping. Mm. They're never. You're never going to be a casual fan. Come along and look and say, "Wait, Jalen Hurts threw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns." That's not what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. What he's going to do is everything that it takes to win, and that means he's going to rush for 60 yards. That means he's going to throw for 240 yards. He's going to be responsible for at least two, if not three, touchdowns in the game, and he's going to lead. Yeah. If you can't watch that drive. And understand how that team responds to somebody like Jalen Hurts, then you just don't pay attention to football. Because that is not a drive where you will ever look at it and say, look at all the unbelievable plays he made all over the place. No, that was a steady wear him down, make some big plays, but at the same time, lead us down the field. 
it was nothing flashy about what Jalen no. Hurts did yesterday in his performance. It was just solid overall. If that's now, what you're looking for, that's not the MVP. The MVP's this guy. No, you're right about that. But here's the one thing. He he did have a bit of luck yesterday because he got away with a throw that he shouldn't have. Thompson had his hands on it, just couldn't survive the ground, dropped the ball. It should have been an interception. But you saw him bounce back from that play. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't let mistakes linger into the next play or the next drive. And that's probably one of the most impressive traits that you can have as a young quarterback. To be able to flush it and don't take your mistakes or your shortcomings into the next possession or into the next quarter or into the next half. And Jalen Hurts doesn't do that. And as a result, this team doesn't do that. There's a calmness in which he plays the game, Carlin. And that's the part that's beautiful to watch, especially with the talent that he's surrounded with. Yesterday wasn't a big day for any of his receivers. It wasn't flashy. I mean, but you're talking about those guys being consistent. I mean, Devontae Smith, 10 catches on 11 targets. Yeah. And Carlin, it should have been 11 of 11 because the one that he dropped bounced right off his shoulder pad. But to that point, like, it doesn't even, with the Eagles, you can see it being about different guys every week. It's about different guys every week. A.J. Brown had three catches. Yeah. Yeah, but they spread it around, man, and that and that's the beauty of it. And everybody knows their role, and nobody is, you know, beating their chest about I got to touch the ball more. And that's a beautiful thing too, because these guys are buying into whatever Nick Sirianni is selling, and they're recognizing that there's a a, a greater goal to be had than just individual stats. Here's the other beautiful thing that I love about how the Eagles play offense, Carlin. They have incredible balance. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, 38 passes, 33 rushes. John Harbaugh used to always say. If you give me 55 runs plus completions, I will guarantee you we win the game. 55 runs plus completions. Yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles had 59. That's a damn good game, Carlin. 59 runs plus completions. You're going to be hard to beat in the NFL if you can do that every single week. This is, And yet it feels like that's what Philly goes into every single game plan with the idea of we're going to be incredibly balanced, we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and we got guys that can threaten you down the field if we got to play that kind of game too. They can beat you a lot of different ways, Carlin, and they've demonstrated that. You want to see a come-from-behind victory? All you got to do is look at what happened in week four against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want to see us dominate from the opening snap to the end of the game? Look at the Minnesota Vikings game. Yesterday, they got out to an early start, double-digit lead. We knew they would because Arizona usually starts slow. Arizona walked them down the second half. They tied it up in the fourth quarter. Game on. And then Philly put together that 17-play drive. This is a team that doesn't flinch, man. They don't flinch. They don't blink. They play hard-nosed football. And, again, this is a formula that's going to win you a lot of games, especially in December and January. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888 729-3776. Which week five winners do you believe in? And which ones do you not? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. In just moments, there was the first firing of the year earlier today. We will check in with our front office insider to get the idea behind the firing and if this was unavoidable. It's next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Nobody was really shocked earlier today when the news came that Matt Rule was getting fired by... David Tepper at the Carolina Panthers. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, our NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joins us right now. And Mike, listen, Matt Rule was not dumb when he got his contract. Seven years and $62 million, so Ooh. he's going to get paid out here. But why do you think the move for David Tepper came today, especially after what he had said about this taking a lot longer back in the spring? Um, look, Matt Rule's a really good football coach. You don't get these sort of jobs by not being a good coach. And I think ultimately they just felt like it wasn't going to work here. And I don't know the details of his contract, but what I do know um, negotiating them on both sides of the table is that there's something known as offset, meaning if a employee gets another job, it's going to reduce the obligation that the employer has to him. So presumably if he gets a job with call it Nebraska Arizona State or some other opening. If David Tepper owed Matt Rule a dollar and he got sixty cents from either of those institutions, then he would then owe him, you know, forty cents. So I think part of that would be, hey, let's cut our losses. This isn't going to work. And I'm sure part of it, you know, was you know football, and part of it was financial. So Mike, switching gears from the coach that got fired yesterday to the coach that committed what I think is a fireable offense. Brandon Staley in Cleveland yesterday, fourth and short in the fourth quarter with a little over a minute to go. The Browns have no timeouts at midfield. Rather than deciding to punt the football away and make their backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, drive the length of the field, he decides he's going to go for it, keep his offense on the field. They don't get it. They gift the ball to the Browns in plus territory. Now the Browns 
rookie kicker Cade York missed the field goal, and the Chargers ended up winning. But let me know how you feel. What's your perspective on that decision that Brandon Staley made? Is it the right move to go with Justin Herbert in the offense, or should he have kicked that ball away? Well, you know, I spent some time with Coach Staley in the spring, guys. And, you know, when we go through life, um, we all meet people that say, you know what, I don't really care what other people think. And yet we all know they really care what other people think. (laughs) And I got to tell you that I spent time with Matt, with Brandon Staley, and he really doesn't care what others think. And he's going to go by, look, he has unwavering belief in Justin Herbert. And candidly, I would too. Um, and I think his thought was like, look, we don't have Joey Bosa. They have a great kicker. And if it's two yards to end this game, I'd rather give it to, you know, a great young quarterback that's going to give me the best chance to win the game. Now, maybe that's a decision you wouldn't make, I wouldn't make. You know, I'm probably a little bit more conventional. But I do admire guys, somebody that is really comfortable in their skin and is unapologetic for what they're going to do. Well, Mike, with him being unconventional and having a top five to seven quarterback in the National Football League, if Brandon Staley doesn't make the playoffs this year and these decisions continue to be controversial and his team find themselves, God forbid, on the losing side of those decisions, does that all of a sudden put him under more scrutiny, potentially putting him on the hot seat? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, we've been around the block long enough to know that, you know, it's always that sort of like expectations manage, you know, versus performance. And let's face it, the reality is, you have Sean Payton sitting right there in L.A. on the Fox broadcast set. And any job, including Carolina now, is going to be linked to Sean Payton. So, you know, the current 31 other head coaches are going to be compared to Sean Payton and, you know, his availability. So, to me, um, expectations are high with the Chargers. They should be. And let's see how the season plays out. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider joining us. Mike, I've just got one more for you, and that's on – the Kyler Murray play at the end of the Cardinals-Eagles game when he slides and thinks he has the first down and clearly didn't know the rule, I think, that when you start sliding, that's where you're down. Now, I thought Cliff Kingsbury was protecting him a little bit, but he just got this contract. There was the big hubbub about all the studying thing. How much does that kind of play bother you in a spot like that? Well, the thing that bothered me most guys were, were the words he used after the game. He said, all the voices were telling me to clock it. Well, there should only be one, and that's the head coach who's also the play caller. And to me, this was a bad plan. It was poorly executed. So I probably put a lot more of it on uh, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, I had the great fortune of working for Coach Parcells uh, back when he was at the Jets. And every single practice, I mean, he would ask, you know, a, a lineman, hey, it's fourth and two. What are you thinking here? I mean, he puts such an emphasis on game management that, I mean, the staff that was at practice, the assistant coaches, every player knew uh, what to do. It just seemed like they didn't know what to do because clearly what you want to do in that play, in that situation is run a play and try to get the first down because if you get a first down, then you clock it. If you don't, there's still enough time to run your field goal unit out. You need 15 seconds to do that. And the head coach should be sitting next to the special teams coach have your kicker ready to go, but run a play, get the first down, and, and make it a much more uh, makeable field goal. So to me, Chris, while we could be disappointed with Kyle Murray, who could have done things better, I really put this at the feet of Cliff Kingsbury. Mike T., seemingly overnight, the NFC East has gone from being one of the worst divisions in the National Football League to one of the best. And three of the four teams in the division won yesterday. Which one 
was the most impressive win from your perspective? Yeah, this one's easy for me. It's the Cowboys, guys. I mean, think about this. They're 4-0 and with a backup quarterback, and they're going to get back a top-10 quarterback. Now, we could argue and yell, you know, is Dak fifth or tenth? He's a really good player. And this defense just went into the Super Bowl champions' home field and dismantled them. Um, but for one Cooper Cup play, it would have been even uglier. Um, they, I mean, I'm sure Matt Stafford's going to be really sore this week. So I think when Dak comes back, I always look at things this time of year, guys, say which team can get better and how are they going to do that? I think Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the team is going to make a team better. But I think when you get a player back of Dak's caliber, um, I think they are clearly the best team in the NFC right now. Mike, great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Thanks very much. All right, guys. Thank you. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Back to rule for a second. Yes, this was not going right. I'm not going to believe for a second that this was all Matt Rule's fault. I think that they haven't put together a great roster. They've got some good young players, and one guy in Brian Burns is an outstanding pass rusher. Mm. But I'm not. I'm putting some of the blame at Rule's feet. The quarterback situation has been a disaster for the Panthers for a long time. First it's Cam, and then they turn to Sam Darnold, and then it's back to Cam, and then it's Baker. Chris, I talked to somebody with the Panthers late last week who said to me, we can't get over the fact that Baker Mayfield can't hit somebody wide open. Yeah. I mean, that that speaks volumes to me about where they've been. So while I, Matt's going to be a, a – a high-profile college head coach again if he wants to. I just I can't get over how bad their quarterback situation has been, and they haven't even been sniffing a resolution on it. Yeah, it's the worst offense in football, Carlin, and your head coach, his identity is on the offensive side of the ball, right? That's, yep. that's how everybody came to know Matt Rule, what he did at Temple, what he did at Baylor, being able to turn those programs around and being able to have explosive offenses. He hadn't been able to do that with a couple of retread quarterbacks down in Carolina, and that just goes to show you how valuable the quarterback position is. If you can't get that right, then your team is going to have a hard time doing high-level winning in this league. I mean, look at how Bill Belichick has struggled since Tom Brady has left, right? I mean, they they went 10-7. and They made the playoffs last year with Mac Jones, but this year, it's been a slog. I mean, it's been really rough on the New England Patriots, and that's because they've had inconsistency at the quarterback position. So, I mean, it, you, you can have good schemes, but you ultimately have to have talent, especially when it comes to the position that can make the most difference in terms of your football team being able to win games. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. That's where you can watch us now. Just open up the ESPN app, click watch, bang, there we are. You're welcome. Up next, <laughs> I don't know if I should say you're welcome, with just how this whole thing looks right now. It's not good. Yeah, you got a lot going on right now. I, d- I mean, this, I've had a sty for like three weeks, yeah. and it is just... Yeah, it looks like you went a couple of rounds with Mike Tyson in his prime. Well, listen, Mike got a little mouthy. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Canty, some things change in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But other things... Other things stay the same, and we saw that yesterday. We'll tell you what we're talking about next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? There are a few things worse as a sports fan than what I call the long goodbye. Mm. The long goodbye as a sports fan is when your team is in the postseason and it's an elimination game, and the other team gets out to an early lead, and you watch that pitcher, you watch that defense, you watch whatever, and you know, you know what the ending is. You yeah. know you're not getting over the hump that night, but you got to sit there for nine innings and watch it with the faintest of hopes that somehow it will break through. That was the New York Mets fan last night. Yeah, but it wouldn't have went down like that, Carlin, had you not got the break speed off of you in game one of the wild card with Matt Scherzer on the mound. It's very I mean, fair. think about how much pressure Chris Bassett had going into that start, and God forbid this guy lasts longer than four innings, but that was the hand <laughs> that you were dealt with. And what was the issue that we talked about with this Mets team, Carlin? Once you get past the starters, yep. how are you going to get to Edwin Diaz? Where are your middle relievers? We didn't have confidence in any of those guys. And we proved to be right in this situation. So this was one of those series ends up being worst case scenario playing out where your starters, two of the three, didn't give you any left length in the wild card. And that ultimately is what cost you an opportunity to advance. So sixth inning, Buck goes out last night, talks to the umpires, gets him to check Joe Musgrove, including behind his ears. Now, there have been some people who were actually tweeting and talking about uh, that Musgrove's face looked particularly shiny. They thought maybe he had some sunblock on or stuff like that. You have a problem with what Buck did in that spot. I don't have a problem with what Buck did, if for no other reason just to irritate the guy, to yes, annoy him, to try to get exactly. under his skin. Uh, it's, it's, it's gamesmanship. Buck is an experienced manager, so he's going to pull out all the stops. He's going to do something to try to change the momentum of the game because not only did the Mets fans see which way it was going, the guy in the dugout saw which way it was going, too. Yeah. And he was trying to do anything that he possibly could to stave off elimination. Unfortunately, his lineup, the bats didn't come alive and bail out the pitching. And that ends up telling the story of the 2022 season for the New York Mets. Uh, apparently, the spin rates were way up, and that's why he went out and had him check. But listen, 
I, I, so was the I'm swing. So was the swing and miss for the Mets lineup. Yeah, it was <laughs> one hit. One hit. Oh my God! I mean, you got a Musgrove was great, but that's just absolutely ridiculous to go out like that. Nice, Rage Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more, Canty. I. I just, listen, we can complain and scream and yell about the worst calls that we see every year. Mm. I can honestly say, and I sat down and I tried to write down five or six different things that I could remember being just absolutely atrocious calls. Yeah. Just purely, not, not necessarily the situation, but just purely of what it was, the Roughing the passer call that went against Grady Jarrett in the Buccaneers game, I mean, it would make you sick. It would make you sick to have that called against you. Excuse me. Absolutely awful in every way. And, Chris, it very well may be the worst one that I have ever seen. Well, I mean, it cost the Atlanta Falcons an opportunity to get the ball back and and try to win the game. That's ultimately what it came down to. And I get where Jerome Boger is coming from and trying to protect the quarterback. But to that, I would say, what do you want defensive linemen to do when they're rushing the quarterback? It's tackle football. He, He grabbed Tom Brady around his waist, pulled him down. Tom Brady doesn't hit the ground first. You know who he hits? He hits Grady Jarrett, who's on the ground. Mm-hmm. And bounces off of Grady, Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett rolls him over, places him on the ground. Carl, I, I don't know if you can have a softer takedown of a quarterback than what Grady Jarrett did in that situation. And they still threw a roughing the passer flag. I, I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I understand being hypersensitive to the quarterbacks in our game. Uh, but but this is taking it to a whole nother level, Carl. And you're talking about a call that could potentially change the trajectory of a team and change the job status of the head coach, Arthur Smith, down in Atlanta. This is egregious. There's no excuse for it. Players, coaches have to answer for suspect calls when it when it ends up impacting the game. At some point, the NFL has to have some accountability when it comes to their officials having to answer for some of these bad calls. Uh, look, I immediately thought two things. Number one, it's Brady. Is that why he's getting the call? Uh, he's always gotten all the calls, but I don't think it actually was. In no, spot. I don't think it was that. What I think it was was Tua. I mm. think it was the Tua situation. Because actually, Chris, when you watch the play, and you're right, he did not rip him violently to the ground in any way. No, Tom Brady bounced on top of Grady Jarrett before he hit the ground. But the style in which the tackle was made, and I'm not defending it. Yeah. I'm just saying what I was thinking as I saw it. The reason that the official, Jerome Boger, made the call was because when you think to Tua on Thursday night getting ripped to the ground, it was kind of twisted around like Brady was, except Tua was a lot more violent. By the way, there wasn't a penalty flag on that play. No. And then here, this was a twist to the ground, but it just made absolutely no sense. He didn't drive him into the ground. He didn't do anything, and yet we're being overly protective in the moment, and I... All I can think of is that's Jerome Boger overreacting to the situation and would rather be wrong on the side of being cautious 
than wrong on not making the call. Okay, so I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now, but I'm actually going to defend Jerome Boger because I know him. He's been the official for a lot of the games that I've played in. The guy usually lets him play. Yeah. And so when I saw that penalty and then I saw who threw the flag, immediately in my mind I went back to the NFL changing the rules on the fly. Kind of what they did with the catch rule in the Super Bowl back when the Eagles played the Pats, yeah. like how they changed the catch-no-catch catch rules in the middle of the damn game. It felt like they were doing that when it comes to roughing the passer. Now, we have a quarterback strike zone for a reason. You can't hit a quarterback at the neck or above or at the knee or below. So, defenders, what do you have to do? You have to hit the quarterback in the midsection. But you can't drive the quarterback in the ground because that's a penalty, too, if your body weight lands on him. So, the only way to tackle a quarterback if you're a defender, is to do exactly what Grady Jarrett did, yeah. which is gator rolling. That's the only thing you can do. And then they just said, well, no, you can't do that either because, you know, we saw that you know a week ago with Tua in week four, and we don't want our quarterbacks getting whiplashed against the turf, so we're not going to let you do that either. At this point, these are your options, NFL. Put flags on the quarterbacks or allow roughing the passer calls to be reviewed. That's it. There is no other way to go about this because there's no technical aspect that you can teach a defender in terms of how to take a quarterback down legally and it looked different than what we saw from Grady Jarrett. There's no way to do it. Yeah, Carlin, I've been in the National Football League for over a decade, been in and around the sport for two. There's no way to do it other than what Grady Jarrett did legally. That is letter of the law. So if you want defenders to do something different, you got to show me, you got to teach me. It's something new on me. It's new learning for me because I I don't know how you can do anything different under those circumstances. So the NFL's got a choice to make. Either you're going to put flags on the quarterbacks and we're not tackling those guys at all, or what we're going to do is have roughing the passer calls be reviewable. That, that That's the only... The only two avenues, the only two paths to the NFL doing something that makes any amount of sense with the circumstance we saw Sunday. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.